0: Welcome to the Coach's Edge podcast dedicated to teaching, sharing, and learning the game. I'm Steve Kramer of Kramer Basketball. In this episode, I'm joined by Kingston varsity boys coach Dave Lester. Dave is an extremely successful coach. He's regarded as one of the top coaches in the state of Michigan. And that's not just my opinion. That's the opinion of his peers, and his record shows it as well. He's coached on the girls' side. In fact, he's won four league titles, four district titles, and a regional title. And he switched over, and now he's coaching varsity boys. And he hadn't stopped there. Four league championships there, four district championships there. And this past season, they were 21-1 and one with their only loss, coming to one of the top teams in the state, a division above them. And they were set for a deep run in the state tournament before COVID-19 ended all that. Uh, we'll take a deep dive into how he goes about building his program. Any team that he coaches – is very sound defensively, and they're a bunch of high IQ, unselfish players. Let's get to the episode. We'd like to welcome 2020 BCAM Coach of the Year, Head Boys Basketball Coach of the Kingston Cardinals, Dave Lester, Uh, welcome to the Coach's Edge. Congratulations on uh, your recognition, being recognized one of the top coaches in the state this past season, congratulations on a historical season with the uh, boys basketball team, one of the best in school history. And thank you for taking the time to be on the coach's edge.
1: Yes, thank, thank you very much, Steve. Uh, it was a fantastic season. Um, you know, I was, We were very, very blessed to get in 20, 21 games, 20, 20, 22 games based on what we're going through here. But it was just, it was a, it was a great season with some great kids. Um, you know, one that we're not going to forget.
0: Before we get into our interview, we'd like to thank our sponsor for this episode, Richardson Automotive of Standish and Gladwin, serving Mid Michigan and the Thumb with their big three automotive needs. They have a wide range of products from Chevy, Buick, Ford, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, and Ram. They also have a large selection of pre-owned vehicles. With one of the largest selections of trucks in the state, they are sure to fit your needs. Standish and Gladwin, are truck country, stop in and see them today. And I can tell you from firsthand experience, they will get you right. When I lived in Ohio, I still went all the way up to Standish because I knew they were gonna take care of me when it came to getting a new vehicle. Richardson Automotive of Standish and Gladwin, they are all about service. So, with that said, Coach, could you walk us through your season and how you found out it was going to end due to COVID nineteen?
1: Sure. Um, you know, on um, with our season. It started last June. Actually, I felt like um, you know we we really put our guys through um, a schedule this 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 past summer that we've never had before. Um, we went out of SBSU, and uh, I, I had requested to, to play a tough, tough schedule. And they gave me, you know, they gave us all class A&B schools, very, very high-quality, high-skilled players. And we, we really just got beat up badly. Um, but the whole purpose of that was, you know, we, we wanted to get to, uh, you know, we've, for a couple of years here, we've had some good, good seasons, um, have not been able to get where we wanted to get, though, you know, on um, the um, regional championship. You know, we wanted to, we wanted to get to the regionals, and to do that, you know, I wanted I wanted I wanted to set um, I wanted to tell my guys know that um, you know that we have to get after it. And so, uh, you know, last summer we just played some great competition, um, and you know the guys responded um, very very well. And then from there it led into um, our our scrimmages. Before the season, uh, we scrimmaged uh, John Glenn, basically John Glenn, you know, and uh, Bridgeport, and um, uh, Sandusky. And the purpose of those was just to get us to play competition that I felt would be someone that we could see in a quarterfinal, a regional final. And in a couple of those scrimmages, we got we got uh, beat up on. Um, but that was okay. Um, so then, you know, once that our season started, we had this really, really tough preseason um on, on scrimmages and um you know we got off to a really good good start um you know we won some won some games early um after christmas break um we play u.s or i sorry not u.s i would love play usa um uh brown city you know um we beat them um you know laker high um, and then, you know, probably the turning point in our season, we hadn't been beat. We went down, you know, what to Dryden. And uh, we beat them down there, you know, on, um, you know, a buzzer beater. And I felt like that game there kind of got us going. Um, you know, two weeks later, went down to International Academy. I'm a, I'm a Flint, which is a very tough, tough team. Um, one that we really did not match up with well. Um, and we absolutely just controlled that game defensively. You know, probably one of the better uh, defensive games that I've seen my guys play um, in years. So I, th- I felt like after those couple couple of big, big wins, I felt that we had something special going.
0: Yeah, and I love how you mentioned, you know, tough schedule and you guys growing as a team defensively. I know that's been a staple yeah. for, for you and Kingston basketball right. for a long time. And, you know, for all of our coaches that are, are listening, you know, we have, we have listeners that are tuning in from around the world. You know, Kingston is a, a smaller school in the east side of the state of Michigan. Um, and so for them to travel out and to play some of the bigger schools within the state of Michigan and, and go 21-1, and one, and the only game that you guys lost this year was one of the top-ranked teams in a division above you. Uh, and Saginaw Carlton is yep. is no joke and it's a true testament to you know your depth and and how well prepared you guys were um with your mm-hmm. offseason season schedule and your your coaching staff. Um coach, you know, you go through the season and you're you're ready to take that next step. You guys were ranked uh, I wanna say second in the state when we were, last I saw. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um we were. I mean you were you're one of the favorites to win. A state championship, or at the very least to make a, a deep, deep run, and then that's halted. Tell me how you communicated so well amidst such a, a huge amount of adversity in this difficult situation.
1: You know, when when we first found out, you know, that we weren't going to be able to play, or it wasn't official, but, um, you know, in early March when they decided to cancel stuff, um. I just told the guys to, you know, keep them keep themselves ready and prepared um, and to not give up hope. And, you know, not until I think it was April 20th is when they announced that we weren't going to have any, you know, because I think the MHSA was really trying to make this work to where we we would have played in June. Um, but it just couldn't, it couldn't happen. Um, I just tried to keep the guys' hopes up, you know, and you kind of watch them a little bit, you know, on – you know, I just, they were very, very frustrated, um, and heartbroken. Um, and for me, you know, it didn't really, it didn't really hit me until, uh, you know, probably uh, the morning that they decided to cancel it where I was really disappointed and bummed out for the kids. But, um, you know, if you, if you ask my guys, um, I, I never, we were, it wasn't a negative thing for me at all. Um, I try to keep a positive thing. You know, t- you know, I, let, again, let them know that we were blessed to play 22 games when, you know, some of these spring athletes weren't even able to play one game. Um, so we really did have a great season and it was just tough. It was, a, uh, you know, unfortunate way for the season to end, one that you could have never made up. You know, just, it was a very, uh, just unfortunate. Um, but again, I'm just, I was blessed to coach 12 guys that, you know, they were all on the same page, and the chemistry was just unbelievable, and, you know, had we not had that, we would have still won a lot of games, but, um, you know, we we really felt like we had a chance to make a run, and, um, you know, to see that cut short is disappointing for the kids, for sure.
0: Well, the fact that you were able to keep it positive and show perspective uh, amidst such a A difficult time definitely says a lot about your team's character and as you said it doesn't take away from everything that they did accomplish in those 22 games it was still a a historical season Um, coach your your teams are successful Kingston basketball has been successful year in and year out you've won championships on the boys side of things you've won championships (laughs) on the girls side of things and you've been known for developing fundamentally sound, high IQ players. Uh, for the coaches mm-hmm. that are listening, what are some tips that you can give them on how you've done that?
1: You know, I think the big thing is for your kids, you know, they need, they need to know upfront what you expect from them. Um, you know, and, and, and practice a lot, you know, um, you know quite honestly, you know, we, we do a lot of things in practice. Um, I wish I had, we had more time in practice to just do skill development stuff. Um, and you know, we work on that, but just, there's just, there's just an expectation that we have with our, uh, you know, um, with our kids and, um, you know, they know, you know, there's a lot of tradition with us and, you know, if they want to get to the next level, if they want to, if they want to be special, um, you know, they have to put a lot of, they, they have to put um, um, a lot of work into it. Um, I'm very, very honest with, with my guys. Um. We don't beat around the bush. Um, it's just you know um, we tell them what they need to work on. We work on it. I think it's important for the group that you have that you really cater what you're doing to the to the athletes and the basketball players that you have. You know, not you know. There's a lot of coaches say you know I want to press. Um, you know we want to run. This is just what this is what we this is this is what I do as a coach. Um, and I think it's very important that you understand your team. And um, get them to understand, you know, and, you know, cater to them, you know. Um, you know, some teams I've had, we've pressed a ton all game. And we're like, on well, this year's team, we didn't, we didn't press the whole time. Uh, we were just very sound defensively, and they understood what we were doing. You know, every team, we kind of, you know, we didn't have the same defensive game plan every game for every, every team. Every team is different, and how you match up is different. Um, so you know, there was times where we would take away strong hand. there's times where we would where, where we would let them go to the corner, and then we would we would we would get a trap. Um I would say in my younger years, coaching, I was always we take away strong hand. don't don't let them go left. I've kind of changed that a little bit now, um as I have matured coaching, and um you know you you really do have to to know know your guys and know what you do well and what they do well. Um, and, we, and we work out and, you know, work out in the practice and that's the thing that we do a lot of, we work on a lot of, um, defensive stuff in practice. We, uh, I'm individually then with the two or three guys and we actually make it a whole entire group and just, uh, you know, before any game that, before any game that we play, um, we make sure that we have a full understanding, uh, defensively what we're doing both individually and as a team. Um. And that's just something that we just preach and preach and preach. And the the kids buy in, you know, part of it is um, they know if they don't buy in, they're not going to (laughs) play. So um, that makes it, that makes it easy. But uh, you know, I just, I guess that I've just, I've been blessed to just have some kids who put a lot of time into it. And that's another, another big thing. You could be the greatest defensive coach on earth, but um, you need to have some skilled players to do, to do well, to, to win a lot of games and, and to, and to be special. And I've just had some kids who love the game. They've attended your uh, clinics, they've worked with you. Um, you know, you know, they've been around other guys who have came through our school and other other schools, and just playing a lot of basketball is just huge. Uh, you know, the um, IQ um, of guys that play a lot of basketball sticks out to me.
0: Mhm, mhm. So a couple of things that are sticking out from the things that you've mentioned is, you know, the. The high standard, you gotta have a, a high expectation and it's up to those players to meet uh, those expectations and those standards that you have and your school has a tradition, there's a, a legacy there and those players wanna want to meet that. Um, mm-hmm. The second thing that stood out to me was honesty. And I think that's a huge one is you just gotta tell it like it is and make sure that everyone's on the same page and that goes a really long way. And, and bottom line is your players are going to respect you a lot more when you're honest with them every single day. Uh, and that means a lot more when you tell them things that, you know, they yep. may not want to hear as well. Um, another thing that sticks out to me is as a high school coach especially, uh, especially at a smaller school as well, you're fitting the needs of the players. You're not saying mm-hmm. we always press and for 20 right. years yeah. you're pressing. Right, you're you're making sure yep. that it makes sense with the players that you have, um, and then obviously you can't win without uh, some talent, some skilled players, some kids that love the game, and you certainly have that with uh, the basketball program uh, at Kingston as well. Is there anything you know specifically that you do with your guys? It could be a team thing, it could be an individual thing, defensively that you you feel like really helps you?
1: Um, you know, we break down our defense and um I'm individually first. Um so everybody's on the same on the exact same page, you know, because if you know you could you know you could work them as as they as a group a, a group defensively, but if they don't individually know what you expect from them, um, they're gonna have us break down. So we start with things I'm individually. Um, you know, again, certain certain teams that we go up against, um, if they have a weak guard or two weak guards, we're going to go right after them. So we're going to take away strong hand a lot of times. Um, but a lot of it is just individually. We will have our drills where we work on playing guys straight up. Um, we work on taking away strong hand. We'll, you know, we'll talk about are we going over screens, under screens? Are we going to show? Do we Do we not show? But a lot of it starts from the individual standpoint, and then we work towards the actual group. Um, because, mm-hmm. you know, if I haven't got through to my guys how I want them to guard somebody, we're going to have some issues. Because um, someone's got to – you know, when your person has got the ball, I always tell my guys, have a plan. Have a plan for the guy that you're guarding. You know, know, know the guy that you're guarding. You know, how are you going to guard him? Because every player is different. Um, mm-hmm. But it really does start out with the individual stuff. And then we branch and then we work it into, into, I'm a group thing. And, you know, we probably, uh, you know, we probably spend more time defensively than what we need to. Um, but I'm so, I want to make sure we're on the same page. Um, and I just feel like if we are, I'm, I'm very confident that we have a pretty good chance every night.
0: Yeah. If you're holding your teams under 50 points, 40 points a game, you're always giving yourself a chance to be successful, even on, Uh, poor shooting night, which is, you know, what you guys do uh, day in and and day out. Um, Do you have – the other thing that I really like is, you know, some coaches will have a series, we always do this on ball screens. We always do this in a certain situation. And the other side of it is we change based on the strengths and weaknesses of the other team, which is what you do. It sounds like from your practices is really knowing – What's the personnel of the team, the game that's coming up? And now we're going to practice specifically for that team that we come yep. up over the next couple of days. Um, and, and so that's really cool. It takes a lot more attention to detail. It takes a lot more work on the scouting, um, but obviously it, it works. It, it pays off. Is there, um, are there, is there a drill that when you, when you call it out at practice, you, <laughs> everybody knows this is a drill we got to do. Like we get better during this drill, uh, even though it may not be uh, the most fun. Do you have a drill like that that you really make sure that you have those kids do on a consistent basis?
1: Yeah, we do. almost am one-on-one drill. So if I got 12 guys, I have six guys are white, six guys are going to be black, and I get to see them individually play defense, you know, one-on-one. And then the losing group, whoever gets the most stops, wins that drill. Was that defense. So it's just I'm a one-on-one drill. They all get to play offense once. They all get to play defense once. Uh, but the one thing I like about it is, is I get to see I get to see how competitive they are. Um, I can pick out the guys who I know want want to i um, defend. Um uh, you know, so that's one that I, I really love because I I really get in I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, I'm, in, I'm, in, I'm intense about that one and uh, the kids love it. Um, and I think it just helps on game night. You know, when you, when you know that the expectation from your entire team is that you know that when you're guarding your guy, you can't be the guy that's that, that's giving up points. Um, you know, uh, dribble drive kind pen, of penetration. So yeah, that's that's definitely a drill that we like. And then we do. Um, I got a couple off-ass break drills. You know, from Hoiberg, uh, Fred, Fred um, Hoiberg, <laughs> where we just. They run the floor, and they got to make a certain amount of shots in a certain amount of time. Um, that's one thing with my guys too. Is um, you know, one of the things if we have the personnel, um, we want to run right now. I want my basketball players to be uh, ought to be basketball players, and they they do have that freedom. So that drill, I like that because they get up and down the floor, and they're running the floor, and they're looking up, up, up the floor. And um, I think your kids got to have a, you know, they they need to know that. You know that you'll allow them to play basketball, but yeah, those are a couple drills there. The one-on-one defense drill, where it's a group against a group, and you know someone's gonna lose, and someone's gonna run probably. Um, <laughs> but you really do see the guys get competitive. They die for loose balls. Um, it's I I like I guess I like that one because it's, it's it's a very competitive intense drill, and when you got all 12 guys doing it, you know that they that they're all on the exact same page. If you got a couple of guys who are kind of not wanting to do it, um. I get really frustrated with that, and I'll, I'll call them out in front of the entire team yeah. until we have all 12 guys doing that drill the exact, you know, the exact same way.
0: Now I love, I love what you mentioned. I love the one-on-one. I'm a big fan of working one-on-one with, you know, whether it's an offensive standpoint that we're trying to get out of or a defensive standpoint that we're trying to get. Uh, so so let, let me ask you another question about that specific drill when you set them up, there's also the accountability, which I love. The other guys are watching. They're yep. still on a team, even though they're going one-on-one. But yep. do you have uh, a specific, any specific rules within that one-on-one drill? Like, is there one shot or a certain amount of dribbles? Or can you explain a little bit of the um, rules that you put into place?
1: Yeah, the rule, well, with the one we do, I, I do like, like – you, you had mentioned something about a certain amount of dribble. You know, get it, you, you're you allowed three dribbles to get get get, get to the hoop. Um how ours is set up is we start at on um, the um, half court because whether we're, in, whether we're in half court, man, if we're playing half court, man, I want I want the ball pressured at half court. And that's specifically just to get that other team out of what they're going to try to run. If they want to get into their set, if we can uh, disrupt that, that may be a possession that we're going to win. So um, we started up top, top of the key. Now, do I like seeing guys taking 20 dribbles to get to the hoop? No. But if it means that I got someone defending them and they're making life on them, you know, really, 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 really you know, tough, then that's, I feel like we've accomplished that. But it's really all just about a mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes you get kids who are just kind of laid back and they don't want to take a chance. They don't want to be too aggressive. That drill forces them to. They, they have to be aggressive because everything starts at, at, at half court. Um, you know, and it, 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 it kind of turns out to where, the guys don't want – they don't want to get scored on. Um, and another thing we, we – again, I've talked about this before, about how when you're guarding somebody, I, I, I just tell them repeatedly, have a plan of how you're going to guard them. So if I got this kid, um, you know, if he's on the left-handed dribbler and I got a guy guarding him, my guy better know that we want to make that guy go back to the right because, you know, he knows his, he it's a teammate. But it just again, I just – I think when, if your kids have got a plan defensively, of How they're going to guard somebody, um, so that drill kind of goes kind of it, it, it goes into what we do defensively. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's how you like, I just, do you I, have them go, just, uh,
0: one rebound like the defensive player, it doesn't count unless he gets the rebound right away, or is it multiple shots? Of the how does that part work as far as shooting
1: that part with the and now you've got me thinking about changing that drill up some, um, but no, <laughs> um, no, um, it's it's that drill is dead if you know if you get a steal um if you if you get to if if you get to if you get the defensive board basically the 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 possession does not does not stop until the the uh, defensive player either gets scored on or you know he gets the board or he gets a steal but I'm always looking to add something different so you got me thinking about things now that I could do possibly next year to
0: that's good a lot of variations can add to it
1: I like that. Yeah, I like absolutely.
0: that you said you start this from half court um, and I haven't, yeah. honestly, all the coaches I know, I've never heard that we've, we've done a ton of one-on-one stuff. That's <laughs> something that I'm going to have to add, depending on the program that I'm working with is the, you know, picking up a half court pressure. Cause you're right. There's a lot of teams that they, they want to pressure, pressure, pressure. And so especially working on the defensive side of, well, that, that's where we're going to start playing defense Then is where we're generally going to pick up in a yep. game. And then offensively, you get to work on handling the basketball against pressure, which is a great thing. You're not in a scoring <laughs> yeah. position, um, but you got to handle the basketball and bring it up against pressure, which is what you're going to have to do against a high level team. I really like that. That's, that's, that's good. So we're both helping yeah. each other out during this podcast. Yeah. I like Perfect. it. I like it. Yep. <laughs> um, Coach. So this past season, you had a lot of depth. You had length you could kind of play different styles. Uh, but mm-hmm. you also yeah. had a, a first-team All-State player, a college scholarship player who you know, yeah. I know really well. And I know other teams were trying to throw everything but the kitchen sink at him. <laughs> you know, for yeah. the other coaches listening to have a really talented player <laughs> on their team, what were some of the things that you did to try to free him up throughout the course of the game?
1: Um, you know, the fact that – or that the fact that Evan's IQ was so high helped him. Um, you know, the biggest thing I tell him, and, and, and he knew what I said, you know, you have to continue to move. Um, I've always thought that, if you know, if you're – if someone's guarding me and I can score on them quick, um, they're not going to be – you know, they're not going to want to guard me now. Um, but just basically, you know, with Evan, it was just con- continue con- continue to move um, he was able to you know if if guys if they hedged over top of the screen, you know he knew to backdoor cut, he knew to flare um, so just him being a student of the game helped that out tremendously, and just the fact that we had that we had a three or four different options offensively really made life on Evan easier um, but I think the biggest thing and th- this is just me with Evan um, you know we you know we, we we ran some stuff for Evan. But um, we didn't, everything didn't revolve around him. Everyone knew that he was a scorer. I knew he was a scorer. Like I said, we did things to get him, to get him, to get him shots. Um, But I think it's very important when you have a really good player, uh, you need to, you need to, you need to obviously utilize him. The ball needs to be in his hands. But you got to be careful to not run every single thing through that kid. Cause it it, it does, it does hamper your, hamper your team. Um, But, you know, uh, like I said, Evan was blessed to just play with some guys who were smart basketball players. Um, You know, um, our point guard, um, Aaron Well, we had three or four point guards, but Aaron, um, you know, he really just kind of took a back seat to Evan and our exchange student, Marco, who was an extremely gifted basketball player. Those guys took the pressure off Evan, but you know, um still, you know, at, at the at the end of games, you know, I want the ball in, in my guy's hands. And we did numerous things to get him the ball. Um, my assistant coach, um, you know, we're very well, Jay Green. Um, you know, he, you know, he threw some stuff in for Evan that really, really helped him and got and, you know, uh got him some looks. Um but uh, you know, I guess, you know, depending on 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 on, on how talented your um uh, group is. You know, I think that's how you utilize that really good player. Um, but we definitely, you know, the nice thing about Evan too is he he can play the point and create, and he can make other guys on that team better too. He wasn't just a scorer, so you know, be, you know, with Evan, he was able to do quite a few quite a few things well. Um, but I just think that you know his basketball IQ and the amount of time he put into it, and he's just a student of the game. And like I said, just reacting to how guys are guarding you, um, you know you know if they throw a couple of guys at you you know you know Evan knew to get the ball of the open guy um so yeah I would just say um with when you got a player like that um you're, you're just gifted and you know he's he's a, a gifted a gifted player and you know unfortunately for him um and it, a lot of games there was probably nine games where we had 30 to 40 point leads way through the third third or fourth quarter and you know, there'd be times where you know he wouldn't play the last quarter of the of the of the game. And um, you know, I would never want him to get hurt, but selfishly, the amount of time that that kid put into the game, I was disgusted that he wasn't playing more. But I can never live with myself, you know, if he would have got hurt and we're up by forty it just wouldn't have made sense. Um yep. But yeah, you know, he just you know, I just I think the big thing with Evan too is he is is he um, um matured. And new guys were going to be coming after him, and that did. he was still able to score points. And, you know, um, I think with him, there's some maturity and his mental toughness. I think a kid's got to be mentally, mentally tough um, to be able to be successful, too, because, you know, I can tell you right now that I go after the other team's best player every single game. Right. And just want to refuse to give that guy anything. Um, And I thought, you know, so I would just tell, you know, teams really a lot of it is other other, the mental – part of it you know you know that kid can be as skilled as you want it, it can be a great skill player but mentally if he's not strong um you know you you can find ways to to get to a kid um mm-hmm. but just in terms of him being a you know going to, to to the next level that's just uh you know um um a testament to how hard he worked and how hard he wanted to get there and you know he just he had, he had a great senior season
0: mm-hmm. you talk about you know having a player with a high iq also being skilled, also being mentally tough, and still unselfish enough to play within the system for for the benefit yep. of the team, you know. And oftentimes, that's that's a college player. That's a next yep. level player. Is when when you have that combination of, of of skills, no doubt about it. Now, you've you've mentioned Jay Green and our preparation for this this podcast. You mentioned. It. Can you yep. talk a little bit about as a as a successful high school basketball coach the importance of having a great trustworthy staff that you can count on and you can pick their brain about difficult topics throughout the course of the season and the off season
1: yeah um just you know to to have to to have that kind of to have that kind of person on your um, staff and he's a great friend of mine i i grew up with jay um so um you know to to have that resource to ask anything and to be able to trust i think as a coach sometimes you're you're afraid to trust somebody else because it's your program and you're the head coach um but that's the mark of a really good program um uh, uh, uh uh aj you 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 had coach 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 burton on a few weeks ago um you know his dad was a very successful high school high school coach tony was tony burton and um you know, he had a really, really, a really great, great staff. And actually that was one of the guys that I looked up to when I was coming into coaching was Tony, Tony, Tony Burton, because, you know, he had two or three guys sitting on his bench and he trusted them. And I've asked Tony before, you know, how are you so successful? And he just said, just being able to, like you said, you know, be able to call that guy up whenever you want to or talk to him and just to have a different view on things. And, you know, to have a guy with a, or a girl with a high IQ, as your assistant coach is just beneficial to, to you and to your kids more importantly. But, um, yeah, you know it um, I think one, I think when a, when a, when a coach feels like he's, he or she, if they feel like that, they pretty much know it all. I think you're, they're making a big mistake and this, you know, having a trustworthy staff. Yeah. Is, you know, it's, it's, uh, priceless. It's yeah. It having
0: trust. Obviously, there's a high level of respect there. When we have trust and respect, that line of communication becomes much easier. And, you know, as a head coach, you often get in that position of feeling like maybe you should know everything, right? And you you don't need to ask questions. And, you know, that's the the downfall of being a coach is you got to know some of everything, but at the same time, you got to know when you need someone else's opinion to help you out. And you certainly have put that in place with Kingston basketball. And I thank you for trusting me enough to come in and work with, with your guys over, over the, oh, years. Yeah. um, Absolutely. it's, it's a privilege yeah. to be, you know, and I know every high school basketball coach has a small circle and it's because of the importance yep. of trust and respect. So it's cool that that you guys have had me in, um, over the years. Last yep. question, coach. Yep. Um, Advice to your younger self. You know, you've been coaching. You've won league championships, district championships on the boys and the girls side. What advice would you give to yourself when you started out coaching high school basketball?
1: I would have, t- I would have told, I would have told myself when I was younger. Um, and this is something I, I, I believe in is just um, to have an open mind. You know, um, you know, to you know, I, I, I said earlier we were talking this about catering you know, what you do to the, uh, to the group of kids you have. You know, don't, don't be set in your ways where, you know, you think that because you're a man-to-man guy, that's all that you're going to do. Um, I would just tell, I would, you know, I would tell anyone just to, to keep their, to, you know, keep an open mind. Um, try your best to develop kids. Um, try them to be, you know, try to, you know, I would tell coaches to work with their kids on just being students of the game um explain explain th- you know we do a lot of explaining things in practice you know if we're defending you know this could happen or this you know how do we defend this um you know don't leave don't leave any any um I'm still on I'm still not turned you know and i think just just be a sponge as a as a basketball coach you know if you're if you're coaching i think you'll probably love it and um if you just continue to learn and um want to improve and want your teams to improve i think you're going to be successful um, that would that's be my great. biggest thing is, yeah.
0: That's great stuff. So, I mean, I just took a couple notes here. Keeping an open mind, you know, making sure that you're not just, we always play man-to-man, and that's just how it is. Keeping an open mind to new things. You know, showing your team, your players, that you you care about them, and being a sponge to learn more. And one thing that I think often goes uh, without is you mentioned the IQ, and you said that you take the time to explain things. And I know mm-hmm. that it can be tough, especially during the season and a limited amount of time. To It's easy to say, don't do this, do this. But when you take the extra 10 or 15 seconds throughout practice to explain the why behind why you do certain things and why you don't do certain things, that, mm-hmm. that sticks that sticks with the players. It goes a lot farther. And I think that's a big reason, like I'm learning right here, that's another big reason I think why you guys are so successful is because you're taking the time during practice day in and day out to explain those little things. So uh, coach, is there anything else that you got burning that that you want to share before we finish out the podcast?
1: Um, you know, I would want to get back in, in into the uh, uh gym obviously. Um, you know, I miss my guys. I miss the gym. Um, I miss that smelly, you know, I miss the locker room, that the sticky, smelly locker room. Uh I just I miss the game, man. I miss it a lot. Um you can not watch that. Well, you you could watch the old games on on TV right now and stuff, but uh I just miss being in the uh, gym and I just would just tell the players and the coaches out there just to keep yourself, you know, we're going to get through this and um, you know, I think you're going to see uh, a lot of coaches and players wanting to get back in the gym here soon. And um, yeah, that's just it. You know, I was, you know, I, I missed the game and I missed competing and coaching and, um, you know, but I'm, I'll be ready for next year for
0: sure. Yeah, absolutely. Coach, uh, I want to commend you before we go for uh, the impact that you're making with all the student athletes in, in Kingston. I know you're a role model, you're looked looked up to and respected by uh youth and adults alike i'm fortunate to to know you and and be lucky enough to have your your phone number be able to reach out to you um keep up the the great work and uh whatever you guys are doing today uh, make sure you get after yeah thanks for listening to the coach's edge podcast if you like what you hear we love it if you would subscribe, share, leave a positive rating and review as we continue to grow our podcast. Special thanks to Dave Lester, BCAM Coach of the Year in the state of Michigan, for taking the time to speak with us. And also a big thank you to our sponsor, Richardson Automotive. Thanks again, and get after it.